It's not every day that you get to play an SEC team when it's not college bowl season where everyone gets to partake in the fun and this week we're going to learn a little bit more about auburn football and to do that i've brought in the expert christian clemente he is from auburnsports.com one of our rivals cousins to tell us all what we need to know about the auburn tigers who are coming into beaver stadium for a whiteout primetime game uh christian thanks for coming on the show and welcome yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be on the show and, I mean, super excited for this weekend's game. I haven't been up to Penn State, but heard a lot about it from friends and people that have gone there before, so it should be a ton of fun. Yeah, What? so what are your impressions? Let's just start right there. And what are your impressions of the whiteout from what you've seen or what you've heard? What are you expecting on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting an electric atmosphere, something that Auburn is – relatively familiar with you know they've mm -hmm. played at alabama they played at georgia they played at the swamp that's probably the biggest one that was a wild atmosphere to be in but i mean the whiteout is just something a little different it's very unique to penn state and with last year not having full crowds some of these guys will be playing in a full electric atmosphere for really the first time ever in college so it'll definitely be interesting yeah and it's 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 interesting how it has Every time I, f I think that that sort of environment has reached its peak, it keeps growing its own mystique. The last year in 2019, when they played against Michigan, um, they've been riding that for the last year and a half with some of the, the famous people that have been uh, reposting the videos over and over again of the whiteout. So I, that's why I'm curious as to it, it, it does everyone nationally view it the same way as what fans around here do and it's it's interesting it's interesting to hear that that is the case because sometimes you get caught up in your own bubble you know uh but yeah. Yeah, sec football still i think as you pointed out is is used to big crowds so it, it should be a fun environment i know we were talking a little bit earlier you're going to be up here this is your first time uh at penn state is this your first time and i'm going to ask that stupid northerner question is this your <laughs> first time in the east like is this your first time up north it is not actually no. Um, so my dad lives in New York. I'm originally from Montana, um, okay. and so I've traveled around a little bit, and then came down to Auburn for school, and now I cover the team. But I haven't been to Penn State, but I've been to New York, Boston, Connecticut. Okay. So I've been kind I of in the area. But... I didn't notice a Southern accent, so I was prepared yeah. <laughs> for that. But I didn't think you'd be as well traveled as that. So it'll be old hat for you at this point. Uh, getting into the game, getting into uh, some of the things about Auburn, because you know, as another national program, you hear bits and pieces and you see certain things about the about you know the SEC for sure. Uh, Gus Malzahn was there for a very long time. Now it's Brian Harson, the head coach. Anything is a departure from what Gus Malzahn was, but what is Brian Harson as a coach and what sort of offense is he bringing to Auburn? Yeah. So for offense, him and Mike Bobo are really bringing more of a pro style offense. No disrespect to the previous staff, but I mean, they were running almost a high school offense there. Some of the things were so simple and teams started to catch on and that's why Auburn started to struggle. So they ended up, ended up bringing in Brian Harson as for him as a coach and just kind of as a person, it was a kind of a culture shock, honestly, for some of these players. He is very serious. He is all about football, all about training in the offseason and very serious training. So he really changed the locker room around quite a bit from what it was previously. Has that had a positive effect, in your opinion, on the program? Or is there still some of that old, our old coach is gone, we're still getting used to the new guy? Um, I think so far, 
it's been pretty good. I mean, he's been here since uh, midway through December, so most of it's pretty well gone. You know, they had some sloppy mistakes and some issues in this previous game against Alabama State, but from what we heard, he went into the locker room and uh, made sure they knew about it at halftime, and they came out and looked like a different team in the second half, and that's not something I'm sure the previous staff would have done. I, I got to ask you about something, too, because this is this is something I've thought for a while now. Uh, Penn State has a, a pretty well-known strength and conditioning staff uh, led by Dwight Galt. They've had great results of putting guys in the NFL who have done great at the NFL Combine. So I want you to know, like, I'm, I'm prefacing it with that because I got to know who is the strength coach at Auburn because every single time I watch them, they are the most jacked team on TV. Like, <laughs> seriously, they, every it doesn't matter if it's the punter or the receiver or the slot corner. They all are just rocked up dudes what what is in the water down there or what are they doing to make them all look just look so big yeah so they actually uh brian harson with his new staff brought in a new strength and conditioning coach jeff Pittman. when harson was a quarterback at boise state that was his strength and conditioning coach so he brought him okay. from boise state he's working with him um one of the running backs we might talk about him later jarquez hunter he squatted 600 pounds over the summer he's like 5'10", 180. He's a small guy, but they definitely have quite the strength and conditioning program so far. It's it's just, I, I had to ask, because it, I'm not always convinced, you know, just from what I've seen, and I do some film analysis, I'm not convinced that they're always the best athletes, you know, along the offensive line. We'll get into that in a little bit. But one thing is for sure, by God, the Auburn guys always look like they're going to beat you up. Like, they have just a, an incredible ability to look strong. I don't know if it's the uniforms, too. It might just be the uniforms a little that, bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have your impressions been of the offensive line and I, I'm kind of skipping ahead because I want to I want to set this up what have your question your impressions been of the offensive line so far so far they've looked a little bit better than I expected I mean to be honest that was that was the main concern last year it was the right. main concern in the offseason everybody thought they would hit the transfer portal and go get somebody there wasn't anybody that they were able to go and get so they stuck with their main five they did get Brandon Council back from injury, so that was kind of like an addition in a sense. But they've been better than I expected. It's honestly been very weird because last year they were they excelled in run blocking, but mm -hmm. I mean they couldn't they couldn't give Bonix two seconds back there in the pocket. This year, in terms of PFF grades and just watching them play, they're grading out higher as a pass blocking unit, and they're struggling to run block a little bit for Tank Bigsby. So I think they've been a little better than expected. But I'm going to probably say this a couple times. I've just been waiting to see until this Penn State game to really judge these position groups. I mean, Akron might not be the worst FBS team, but they better hope the worst FBS team doesn't quit. And then Alabama <laughs> State is Alabama State is nothing special at the FCS level. So, yeah. uh, so I, I I watched the film on both of those games, and and I came away with similar impressions. I did think schematically there were some things that Alabama State did that kind of frustrated uh, the Auburn offense. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the reason I ask about the offensive line is I, I kind of had a similar feeling than of what you just described. And that really, to me, sets up the next thing about... Uh, there are some egregious rushing numbers. 15 yards a carry and 10 yards a carry for uh, Auburn's lead backs in Jarquez Hunter, Tanks, Bigsby. That's how much they're yard, uh, averaging per attempt. Uh, a first down and a first down and a half. 
How much are you expecting of that performance, given what you just said about the offensive line? And and is their talent good enough to overcome what might be a suspect offensive line? So I think for Tank Bigsby, it certainly is. Tank came on very quickly last year as a freshman. He is fantastic. He is a guy who, after next year, he's headed straight for the NFL draft, and he'll be a day one or a day two guy, in my opinion. I think he's very good. Jarquez Hunter, I mean, he's just getting started out. This will be a very interesting game for him because Sean Shivers is most likely out. He's that number two running back, so it looks like Jarquez will step up and be a running back number two against Penn State. He's done good so far. I like his talent, but is he ready for that big test? I don't know. I'm a little concerned from his standpoint, but for Tank Bigsby, there's not a concern in the world for me. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been a no doubter as you said since his uh, last year since his freshman year. And that is I think what uh, I did a I did a quick scouting report yesterday on Bo Nix and I I was kind of getting into what we know about Bo Nix and then what the film says about Bo Nix now in this new offense in his senior season and all the Auburn fans that came in and were awesome to to watch the video did politely tell me you're focusing on the wrong dude. You should be paying attention to Tank Bigsby. Um, is he an, is he enough to carry the offense? Not let alone overcome the uh, the offensive line. Do you think he's enough to carry the offense? And have you seen him have that ability so far in his career against other SEC or Power Five schools? For Tank Bigsby, I certainly think he can carry the offense. I think it's a situation where they want him to carry the offense. Right. They don't want to put too much pressure on Bonix. They want Tank to carry the ball 20, 25, maybe even 30 times depending on how the game shapes out and then you know just have Bo make some throws when he needs to and just almost be a game manager in a sense. Yeah. They don't want to put too much on uh, the shoulders of Bonix. So I think Tank Bigsby can handle that and I think that's what they want him to do. You mentioned the offense being a little bit more pro style, uh, and yeah, I, I agree. I was never a huge fan of Gus Malzahn's offense. It was it was like watching a magic trick, but you knew that you knew how to do the magic trick, so it wasn't all that exciting. Uh, with Bo Nix now in this new offense, my question is, and one thing I didn't get a good read on were the skill positions he's throwing to. Um, Javarius Johnson has been the most productive receiver so far. Is he uh, is he a threat? Um, as a as a complete receiver, I guess what sort of talent is Auburn bringing to the table at the skill positions outside of Tank Bigsby? Yes, so wide receiver, they're they're actually a little thin and inexperienced so far. Um, they lost their top three guys from last year. Uh, in the first game, Shedrick Jackson ended up being the guy that kind of led the way, and Javarius was there as well and was very good. But he's dealing with an ankle injury. We're uncertain if he's going to be able to play on Saturday. He's more of kind of a slot guy. You have Shedrick Jackson as your deep threat, and then you also have Demetrius Robertson, the transfer out of Georgia, who can also be a little bit in between the hashes, a little bit of a deep threat as well. He's kind of a do-it-all but not incredible at anything type of guy. So the wide receiver group, honestly, is probably the secondary weak spot of this team behind the offensive line. Right. But what they've really been doing to make up for that, and that comes with that pro-style offense, is the tight ends. They really like the tight ends they have. They have five on roster, and... They like to use them all. I mean, they've gone out with some four tight end packages at times. So they like to use the tight ends to A, make up for the lack of offensive tackles and the blocking, and B, the wide receivers being a little inexperienced and not quite as talented or not quite as good yet and comfortable. So I think you're going to see a lot of the tight ends on Saturday. 
Penn State playing Wisconsin to start the season and then four tight ends versus Auburn in week three. That is a bit of a meat grinder to start the season. (laughs) So that's going to be an interesting thing for the defense who did play. uh, Last week, they played far fewer snaps because it was Ball State and they were able to get take care of business, get out. But they did play uh, 90 snaps as a unit on uh, week one against Wisconsin. So being healed up for that test is going to be a very interesting thing uh, to see if that's if that's actually in the fact happened for this game. Now, finally, we'll get to Bo Nix and and we'll, we'll save this for the last for the offense. What have you seen different from him this year than previous years under Gus Malzahn and now Brian Harson? Yeah, so he's conquered some of the demons that he's really, or at least so far he has, I should say, some of the demons that he's faced previous years. He had an awful habit of throwing off his back foot, a little bit of backyard in high school football. He would do that, and, and he would just float the ball up for the defenders to go and get. Um, I would look at rolling out of the pocket. He stays in the pocket a little bit longer now. He likes to actually go through some progressions. Previously, he would get the ball and look at a receiver. He would just stare down that receiver, and that was it. If he wasn't open, it would just be a contested throw, essentially. So so far, he's looked better there, but one of the main issues that Bonix has really dealt with throughout his career so far is playing on the road. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to see if Brian Harson and the staff has been able to fix that or at least improve that this Saturday. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything you just said. That was what I saw so far this season is, and I think the new offense does help him with those things of he is better pre-snap knowing what he's seeing, and then when he does throw the ball, he's a little more accurate than he used to be, but those rhythm throws, he's really conquered those, and, and I think uh, for Penn State fans, there is a strong connection between what Bo Nix is and what Sean Clifford does for the Penn State offense. I see them as very similar players in how they've progressed throughout their career even if Bo Nix was you know SEC freshman of the year everyone knew his name coming out of his freshman season but they've really kind of evolved into similar players and and this offense I think is better for him Um, do you think that he has turned the corner enough that in this environment the whiteout game he's going to be able to maintain those new skills he has or or what are you expecting in that sense from from Bo Nix because you mentioned on the road is an issue for him yeah on the road has been a massive issue for him just go turn on that 2019 Florida game and you'll see what I'm talking about but if the game plan goes the way I think this Auburn staff wants it to be where they can get ahead or at least be close the whole time and rely on Tank Bigsby and not need Bo to do too much I think he'll be perfectly fine but Mm -hmm. the issues he's always had is as soon as it gets behind or Auburn gets behind in games and they need him to be the guy, he can't do it. So if that's a situation where he needs to be the guy this Saturday, I'm not really confident that he can do that. Well, let's talk about the other part of the team that I think is the strength of the team, and that's the defense. And And it, it seems like a defense that is strong and stout from front to back. And like I said, they all look like they can run. They all look like really good athletes that are all really impressive at least to just watch get off the bus if you want to throw out a cliche but to me what stood out so far and probably because I could get a good read on them was the defensive line would you say that's the strength of the defense so I would say the secondary is the strength of the defense okay. they haven't really shown that in the first two weeks yeah but if, if you're watching the first two weeks I could certainly see why the defensive line would be the strength they've looked like monsters out there so far and that was the biggest question mark of the defense heading into the season so They've really shined so far, but 
again, I want to see what they can do against a better team. I don't know if they're going to be able to kind of feast on the Penn State offensive line like they have these previous offensive lines. Yeah, the pass rushers have been very active. Do you think that the, especially those two are for real? And I apologize, the, the names are escaping me, but the, the edge rushers, they looked really impressive on film. Are those guys, more so than I guess the interior guys, they really did pop off the tape. Are those guys, are you more confident about them uh, than the interior Yes, I would certainly feel more confident with them. I'm thinking you're probably thinking of Derek Hall and then T.D. Moultrie. Yeah, they yeah, also yeah. have Romello Height and then uh, Eku Liotta, who transferred in from Northwestern. But they've got four good guys. Hall and Moultrie are the starters, and I feel really good about those two guys going up against Penn State. That'll be an interesting matchup because Penn State's tackles struggled against Wisconsin. That is a similar profile as far as their def defensive front four with the ability to get uh, pressure from the edge. So that's going to be, if, if you're talking about keeping the game close, that's going to be a key matchup there. Uh, the linebackers, again, I think that these are really good-looking athletes. They can run. Tell me about uh, James Franklin singled out Owen Popoe. Uh, he said he jumped out off the tape. What level of an impact player is he at that linebacker position? Yeah, he's a big impact player. He's a good run stopper, but he's going to be more of that coverage linebacker a little bit. They've got Sakobi McLean that can really fly around the field, attack the quarterback, stop the run. But Owen's kind of that main guy at linebacker that I really look at to make a make a game changing play, get a sack on the quarterback, maybe get an interception, force a fumble, something like that. He's been he's been really solid for that Auburn linebacker group. And you mentioned the uh, secondary is the strength of the team, in your opinion. Who are the guys that stand out to you, and what sort of secondary are they? Are they guys that are aggressive and play in man coverage like they used to? All the guys they've put in the NFL that were those press man corners? Or is this a zone team that's kind of switched philosophies? What I haven't gotten a good read on them because of what we talked about with the first two games versus Akron and Alabama State. What sort of, of guys are they? Yes, yeah, so I I would say they probably still run more primarily man, but Derek Mason has certainly put a lot more zone concepts into this defense that, that they've or than they've previously seen. I would look at Roger McCreary as the main guy. I mean, he's cornerback number one. He had a pick six against Alabama State. He plays very aggressive. He's a ball hawk. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett starting opposite him at corner is also very good. The backup cornerbacks are very talented as well. Jalen Simpson was an SEC freshman of the week at one point last year. Now, he's banged up a little bit with injury, but he's been good. They've got Roe Torrance, a guy who came in out of Juco, shined in fall camp, and he's been really solid for them so far. I mean, he's 6'4". It's hard to get the ball over him when he's playing corner. They also Jeez. have Drayshawn Miller. Yeah. That took me they a second. Have... Like, 6'4", that didn't even compute. <laughs> yeah. They've got uh, Drayshawn Miller, who came in from West Virginia. He was a uh, he was a All-American over at West Virginia. He's like the fifth-string corner. He hasn't even really played that much, but he is very talented. Now, if you're looking from the Penn State side and you want to expose somewhere in the secondary, I would look at the safety position. Okay. Smoke Monday has struggled in coverage. Um, he still has not really looked too incredible at that spot this year. And then by Darius Knighton, who transferred in out of uh, Southeast Missouri or Southeast Missouri State, something like that. Um, he has looked – he's probably been the worst player on defense in terms of starters so far this year. Against Akron, he looked lost. Um, there were times where he just – he was in the wrong spot. And Akron was exposing him. So I'm sure Penn State knows that. And they're going to try and expose him as well this Saturday. So that's one one weakness along the Auburn secondary. So we've gone through uh, the Auburn starters, the roster strengths and weaknesses with Christian Clementi of AuburnSports.com. What's your read on Penn State so far? What have you seen from them? And what's your, what's your opinion of them as a football team? 
Yeah, I think they're a very good team. They're going to be a huge challenge for Auburn um, when you combine the atmosphere and the team. I think that defense, the Penn State defense, is going to be a big problem for Auburn. Um, you look at that Penn State secondary, seems to be pretty solid. The Penn State defensive line in that front seven, look, we talked about it. This Auburn offensive line isn't incredible. So if you don't give Bonix at least a little bit of time, he's going to start reverting back to some of those bad habits, and that spells trouble for Auburn. So from what I've been able to see out of Penn State, I like them, and I think they'll be a really big challenge for Auburn. I, You know what? There, there's a small part of me that kind of wants to see that happen on both sides because it could go one of two ways, Christian. It can either be a defensive battle and it ends 17 to 7 or 17 to 13, or we could see the fireworks of turnovers and pick sixes. And this game to me feels like because of the two quarterbacks and the way they play the game, anything can happen in this game. This could be a blowout. This could be a turnover fest. I really don't know what to expect because I think that these are two really similar teams in their profile it's funny i've been saying the exact same thing actually i could see this being a three-point just slug fest 17 14 i could see one team blowing the other team out um, i could see a just high scoring game that's like 48 45 or whatever but right now i've kind of been leaning penn state i've been giving them the vegas line i'll give them the the home field advantage three points i think auburn's very good but I don't know if they're ready for that whiteout atmosphere. So I've been kind of going Penn State, something like 24-21. I think we can both agree. The one thing you don't want to do is miss this football game because it's going to be a really exciting one with really great matchups. Christian Clementi of AuburnSports.com. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. We will be back to tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition. Nate Bauer, senior editor of Blue White Illustrated, is going to be back as we continue our preview of the whiteout game at Beaver Stadium this weekend against Auburn. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back again tomorrow.